Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. Hey, if you have your Bibles, uh, find the first book in the New Testament, the book of Matthew. And uh, it's okay around here if you need to use your table of contents. Take your time and find the book of Matthew and then find the last chapter in Matthew, which is chapter 28. Today we're going to... uh, in our teaching subject, we'll, we'll begin in verse 16, Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 16. We're, in a, we're going to start today a three-week series, short series called 2020 beginning with why we do what we do. What, what, is, what, is, what on earth are we here for? Um, I mean, let's face it, we, we love gathering for worship and we love the, the friendships we have in all of our groups that happen on Sunday morning and through the week. And uh, I mean, one of the highlights of my week this past week was in my group on Wednesday night. And uh, you know, those, we love all those things, but what are, what are we really here for? And to grab, grasp this understanding, I want to start with this concept. When, when the girls were little, what we would do is we would try to steal a night away. So Jenny and I would we would try to find somebody who would stay with our girls. That, that alone is a challenge, okay, because they have a reputation. I mean, you know, and so, and, and so what you'd do is you'd, you'd, you'd give the babysitter a list, and the list you would give would be your final instructions. Well, like some of you who have uh, preschoolers or, or grade school children now, and you just can't wait, you finally have a night you can go out, Right. And so you get, you get the babysitter together and you get the person and you put the list together. You know, we're going to Provino's, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Here's, the, here's who you call in an emergency. Listen, when Johnny says he's going to play video games, no, he can't. You know, all the list, right? You put your list together and that's your final instructions. And your final instructions are whatever you do, follow this list. This is, this is a big deal. Do this, right? And you look for a babysitter. You look for somebody who's going to care for your children that's going to follow your instructions. And so your final instructions to your babysitter, what you want them to do, Jesus gives us final instructions in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. And here's what scripture says. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Not unlike folks sitting here in Sugar Hill, Georgia today. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. Now remember, every time you read the word therefore in the Bible, what what do you have to stop? You have to stop and ask yourself, what's that therefore, therefore, right? That therefore is there for this. Go, now listen to what you do when you go, therefore, And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. All right, now let's just stop for a minute. Jesus comes along, and and clearly we see the 11 disciples have said what he said. Come on up to the mountain with me. And his last instruction before he leaves this earth to go sit beside God in heaven, he says, go make disciples. And literally, the, the, the statement in the original language says, as you are going, so as you go in through your everyday life, as you are going, make disciples of all nations. Now, what are nations? Nations are people. Go make disciples out of people. So kind of this, this big picture for the day would, would have this thought of, then who is the church? Who are the nations? You. 
So you're to be making disciples that make disciples. Are you with me? It's a cycle that doesn't end. It's as you are going. By the way, to maybe get this picture with disciples better, um, let me give you this thought. If you've watched enough television, you have seen enough before and after uh, commercials, right? Like, you know, if it, the, the guy with acne really bad, and if you just use this cream in 20 days, it'll clear up. Or, you know, the, or for me, you know, you, you got a keg and you want a six pack and you, you know, if you, if you just take this pill in 30 days, you don't even have to exercise. Look how fit you can be. Like for me, it's like, come in, right? Um, or you got this nasty, you got these nasty teeth going everywhere. And, you know, if you just do this, you can have a bright white smile and you can look like this. If, if you use this makeup, you can look like this, Right. And it's a before and after. I mean, if you notice me, like, like, look at the chick at the top. Like, okay, you're saying, oh, I want that, right? Or look at the dude below. I mean, he's kind of got that suave looking, hey, kind of thing going on, right? But w- have you ever noticed at the end of the before and after of a commercial, these words seem to always be printed? Results may vary based on the individual. Have you ever noticed that? You know what I've realized? I'm always the variable. I'm the guy it doesn't work on. Now, don't get me wrong. Jenny is a sucker for as-seen-on-TV stuff. Like if, if, if it comes on, she is grabbing for her iPhone to order it. I mean, like on GMA in the morning, when they have those special deals, I mean, it, really, it's like an addict. I got to get ready in case it's a as-seen-on-TV deal, right? But you know what? I've, I'm always the variable. Aren't you? The before and after of this story looks like this. Jesus is risen from the dead, and in that process, he's appeared to Mary, Mary Magdalene, Salome, in front of an empty tomb. They hurry and report to the 11 disciples that Jesus is back to life, where he once was dead, where he once had given his life, where he had shed his blood on Calvary, been buried in a borrowed tomb. Life had grown dark, and the world was fearful. Nobody knows what to do. The 11 are hiding behind locked doors because they're scared to death, and Jesus comes out of the tomb, and these people see him, and they rush to the 11 disciples and say, say to the disciples, hey, he's alive, he's back. But now also, Jesus appears to a disciple named Cleopas and another disciple while they're traveling on the road to the town of Emmaus. And Jesus reveals to them it's him. They run to the disciples to say, hey, he's alive, he's back. What he said is true, he's back. Don't be afraid anymore. But there they are. Despite all that testimony, they're hidden behind doors. And in John... In chapter 20, verse 19, John, having walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, seen Jesus perform all these miracles, had literally been beside him and all that. In John 20, 19, it says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. They were hidden in fear. You get the picture. The motive for where they were was fear. They they were hidden because they were frightened. They were fearful. They, were, they figured, what happened to Jesus is going to happen to me. And so, so, the, so they've hidden. And the attitude is this. If Jesus is dead, there's good reason to hide in fear. Well, let me just stop there. If Jesus is dead, there is good reason to hide in fear. Because if he's dead, what you're here for today is a worthless waste of time. If Jesus is dead... Everything that we have preached and taught for 2,000 plus years is a total waste of effort. 
I fear that many of us live behind locked doors of fear because in our heart, we don't really believe Jesus is alive. You know what I've really discovered is that the rest of John 20, 19, again, written by an eyewitness, says this. Jesus came and stood among them, and here's what he said, peace be with you. Now, I I don't know about you, but I will tell you this. There are times in my life I am covered with fear, aren't you? I'm, I'm fearful of all kinds of things. And what happens is I begin to understand that there's got to be something that replaces my fear. And here's, here's what Jesus is teaching his disciples, that you may be filled with fear, but when I'm in your presence, I can replace your fear with faith. And in that faith, you can have peace. At the end of the service, when I'll say, go in peace, the purpose and the reason behind that is to say, you can go in the peace and the power and the understanding of the risen Christ, the one who gave his life for you, the one who came back for you, the one who will return for you, the one that promises you life more abundantly here and life eternally in heaven, that Jesus. Now, it's interesting. In Matthew chapter 28, back to verse 16, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. Stop the DVR. In the midst of their fear, they never stopped worshiping. You know what keeps us from worshiping is when the presence of Christ, we really don't believe he's alive. But yet he showed up and what were they doing? They chose to worship. You know, if I ask what the opposite of faith is, many of us would immediately say doubt. But I would argue that, that the opposite, the polar opposite of faith is probably fear. I mean, fearful that we're going to be rejected, fearful that people are going to find out who we really are, people are going to <clears throat> d- deny us, people are, people are going to treat us differently, people are going to discover we're, you know, we're, we have two lives. People are going to discover that we're Pharisees. People are going to discover that, you know, we're, we're a mess. You, you know what the great news is? If you're worried that somebody's going to find out that your life is a wreck, could I just help you with that? We already know it. I mean, here's the good news. What, what I offer to you is not my life as a shiny example. I offer you the risen Christ who in you takes that wrecked life and turns it into this saint and this ability to live life the most abundantly way possible. Because the power of Christ shows up, we worship. Faith replaces fear and peace comes with us right behind that. Have you ever seen the movie Shrek, the first one? You know, Shrek and Donkey have to get across this rickety bridge to save Fiona. Are you with me? And you see, you see Shrek, you know, and Donkey's there, and Don, Donkey's like, Shrek, I don't want to go across, I don't want to, I can't go across, don't, please don't let me go across the bridge. Shrek just kind of gently keeps walking, and Donkey's backing up, and the more he backs up, he steps onto the bridge, and the bridge is rickety, and Shrek starts weighing the bridge, you know, and he said, come on, like this, like this. Nah. Yeah, he keeps walking, the donkey keeps backing up, and, and he keeps walking, and the donkey keeps backing up, and the donkey keeps, I don't want to do this, I can't do this, there's no way I can do this. And all of a sudden, the donkey shows up on the other side of the bridge, and he goes, oh yeah, that was nothing. And here's what Shrek said. Shrek reaches down and pats him on the head and says, Donkey, that'll do. That'll do. See, I think think some of us are so fretful about walking across the bridge that God says, come on, I want you to go. Make disciples, baptize them, 
and teach them all that I've commanded you. Some, some of us have been sitting on the sidelines so long, afraid of the bridge, and we, we just need to allow God to nudge us a little bit further so that he might reach down and stroke our cheek and say, that'll do. Good job. That'll do. And I'm fearful that what we've done is we've taken the, the blessing of following what Jesus said as his final and last instruction is a big deal. And the blessing that's promised to us to do that, and we've set it on the shelf to satisfy for something less. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to settle for less anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't, want, the, I don't want just a little bit of God. I, don't, I want the whole thing. But that means I've got to follow his final instructions. You see, I think we all have doubts from time to time. I think we all worry about the, the bridge sometimes. And I, frankly, if you didn't have doubts, I'd be worried about you. But can I say to you that just like the disciples, the presence of Jesus replaces fear with faith. And what comes behind faith is peace. And, and in my life and in your life, what we're desperately in need of today is a great deal of peace. So the 11 stand before Jesus and he gives them these final words of instruction. Go make disciples. Now, those are our words. That's our mission. Go make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. You see, it's, it's not just one thing where you come and now I, I say, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a disciple, and you're done. He's called us to be disciple makers that make disciples. And you know, it's interesting, giving your life to Christ and following him a believer's baptism, that is not where it stops. He goes on and says, and now teach them all these things that I've commanded you right here, beginning with love God, love other people. Now, remember that the task here is as you are going in your every, as you go to the movies, as you go to work, as you go to the ball field, as you, as you go to your neighbor's house, as, as you go to Walgreens, as you go to Publix, whatever it is, you're, as you are going, make disciples in your life. Has it ever occurred to you that you can't make a disciple until you are a disciple? For some of us today, we've got to make that first step and say, you know what, Jesus, I need you. Please forgive me my sin. Come, come. Replace my fear with your faith. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and raising from the dead as, pun as payment for my sin and taking my punishment. I want to make a U-turn of my life. I want to live for you and I'm tired of living for me. And some of you need to start right there and say, count me in, I want to be a disciple so I can go make disciples who make disciples. Let, let's, let's just try something. We've done different all day long. I'm so far off my notes now, it doesn't matter. But... Let me just see here. If in your life somewhere you came to church or you came to know Christ and became a Christ follower because somebody either invited you to Christ or invited you to church, if that's happened somewhere in your life, would you stand up? Okay, now I want you to look around this room. This is what the kingdom looks like. So let me ask you this question, whether you're standing or sitting. Has there been any time this week that somebody stopped me or you because of how you're living for Christ and said, tell me about what you believe? As we're going, making disciples that make disciples, that make disciples. Thank you.
I said earlier that if Jesus is dead, we've got a reason to hide. But listen, if Jesus is alive, and I know he is more than i ever known it before, if he's alive, we have the authority to be on this mission. You ever been at a stoplight and the car in front of you, it turns green and they don't go? They're texting? Drive you crazy? How many of you lay on the... On, yeah, yeah. Any of you say bad things? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. How many of you should have answered yes, but you didn't? Okay, good. All right. Because green means go, right? Green means go. I mean, you have authorization to go through the interchange. Go. I mean, when people don't go, you know, my first thought is, what are you doing on my road? We got to go. You know what Jesus is saying? The green light's on. Go. I fear in the church, we have made this whole concept believe that what Jesus said was, you, you come to church, you got it. You come to church, put your check mark in the box, boy, good job. Listen, don't get me wrong. The scripture also says, don't forsake the assembling you know, of, of, of the believers. But listen to me. Jesus' last words before he left this earth said this, go. He didn't say, y'all come. He said, go. As you are going amongst the world, go make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Hit his challenge is what we're trying to say here at this church is this. Discipleship is a big deal. Why? Because when you grow to love Christ, you cannot help but tell people about Christ. When you grow in scripture and you understand what Jesus is trying to tell you, you can't help but have this overwhelming capacity that wells up inside of you and people want what you've got. Why? Because it's peace that came from faith that replaced fear. And so you look at that and you say, wait a minute, I, I need to make sure I get the big picture. It's kind of like when you go to youth camp and all the kids get their t-shirt on and we've got to have the picture. Everybody's got to be in the picture. You know, I would say to you what Jesus is saying to his church, what he's saying to you and I, he's saying, listen, if I'm alive in your heart, why are you not out there as you are going, getting in the big picture and drawing people around you to be in the big picture? And I know what some of you are saying, Chuck, I, you don't understand. I can't talk to people about my faith. That's just between me and God. Bull! I mean, that's like the biggest cop-out, gutless thing I've ever heard in my life. My faith is private. What a load of baloney. I mean, think about it. Jesus, the Savior of the world, didn't give his life in a closet for you and say, okay, it's just me and you. He died on an old wooden cross while people walked by and spat upon him and gave his life for you in public and then said, if you will claim me before people, I'll claim you before my father. And then the last thing that Jesus tells us before he goes to heaven, the very last thing, the most important thing, everything hinges on this. Here's your job. Go make disciples that make disciples that make disciples and then baptize them in the name of the Father, our Creator, the Son, our Savior, the Spirit, our Sustainer. And then teach them everything I've told you. So here's my question. Are you a disciple? Because if Jesus is alive and you really believe it, this week... you'll start making disciples. You say, well, Chuck, 
I have no idea how to do that. I need to go a class and learn it. I need to learn a system. I need a quick, you know, okay, look right here. Okay, put all your stuff down. I'm almost done. Look right here, okay? You don't need all that. What if this week you just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invite one person to come to my church next week. I'm just going to invite one person to come to my church next week. You say, well, Chuck, I... Some of you are like hardcore saying, oh, that's not sharing your faith. Well, okay, then go share your faith. Go ask somebody, hey, man, you know for sure if you were to die, you go to heaven? But for some of you, the first step you've got to make is just a willingness to invite somebody to just come hear the gospel. You say, well, Chuck, it, it, that sounds a little easier than what it is. You don't understand my world. Well, you're right, I probably don't. But are you willing to put the blessing that God wants to give you on the shelf any longer because you really don't believe he's alive in your heart and you don't believe he's called you to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples? But you see, the church is not these walls. You're the church. And when Jesus gave these last instructions, you know what he said? He said to you, go, make disciples, see them baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know why we see dads and friends and moms and and others baptize other people? Because nowhere in Scripture does it say that's something I got to do as a reverend. It just says baptize them. How? Well, the, the way Jesus was baptized. I mean, the Scripture says Jesus came up out of the water. Okay, to, to come up out of the water means at one point you had to be under the water. So that's what we do. And then teach them this, everything I've commanded you. That, my friend, is what on the world, what we're here on earth to do. So if you ask yourself, what on earth am I here to do? Go as you're going. Make disciples that make disciples that make disciples and join us but to do that you got to have faith faith that will replace fear peace that will follow faith father i pray today we'll have people who would say yes to jesus i would say i want to become a disciple jesus i need you i pray we'd have people who commit their life I'm going to join this effort. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to start this week. I'm going to allow Christ to come into my life and replace my fear with that faith. And I'm going to take on his peace rather than my fret. So God, give us faith. Give us peace. Give us joy. Give us your presence and your power. And we pray that in the name of Jesus, our King, our Savior, our Lord, our strong power. Amen. Amen.